Alan. Hey, I got good news, and I've got great news. The great news is the old man wants you at headquarters here tomorrow for a meeting. Take the early shuttle. I smell anchor person. Now you ready for the good news? Oh, no, 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 no. No, I, I can't do that. What do you mean she starts today? Ah. What's the matter? Ah, the network's sending up a field reporter from the Virginia affiliate, and I'm supposed to help her learn the ropes. What's the big deal? You've mentored young reporters lots of times. Oh, well, sure, but this is terrible timing. With Henry's story breaking, I have to be on top of it every minute. So you'll have an extra pair of eyes and ears. Unless, of course, they send you one of the hairsprayed helmets who majored in communications. You got it. An ex-beauty queen. <laughs> I was a homecoming queen. Do I qualify? Everybody, my name is Andrew, and I'm Mark, and you are listening to Television Movie Night here in 2021. Andrew, we did it. We survived. Everything's back to normal. Everything's fine. Andrew, I burned my masks in a big pyre. Good. And then I kissed the first straight, the first nurse I saw. Yeah, they took your photo, but it wasn't for a magazine. It, it was, it was for a mugshot. They said that's assault, yes. my friends. Sir, she, she is obviously not into this. <laughs> uh, yeah, as soon as the clock struck midnight, and it was also depending on the time, the the, the time zone you were in. As soon as it, it just, it just, it just disappeared, it just blew away, like it in, in Avengers Endgame. Yeah, or two. So, we're good. We're good. Andrew, it bothers, it bothers me that the news keeps saying that like things will get back to normal. When I'm like, are those dead people gonna come back? Yeah. No. Again, like it's a, not gonna be normal. Like, like Endgame. Like Endgame, oh. Mark. Oh, so we're gonna actually have those memes are actually gonna come true, where like Biden's head is superimposed over Captain America or something. Yep. We're getting our Democratic oh, Avengers up and running. That's right. Uh, Chuck Schumer can be Ant-Man? I, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. That seems right. <laughs> Mark, how did you celebrate the ringing in of the new year? Andrew, I celebrated it the way that I always do. Mm -hmm. I, I got messed up and mm -hmm. watched Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. Yeah. Uh, you're a big proponent of that film, if I remember correctly. Love that film. Love that film. One of the most bizarre films ever made, mm -hmm. but I love it. Uh, that's generally how you ended most Thursday nights throughout the year, actually. It's not necessarily New Year's. Yes, it's, just it's that not necessarily your... New Year's. It's just So really, it's a New Year's tradition, provided that New Year's falls on a Thursday. So Correct. it's every seven years. Oh, okay. I cool. That way. Cool. Cool. Uh, that's exciting. Um, did you make any resolutions? Or what, what did I do? I, what didn't yeah. I do? Uh, went outside for one. That's what I did not do. Oh, I, okay. uh, I watched the movie Ronin from 1998 starring Robert De Niro and a bunch Sean of Bond. other, uh, yeah, Sean John Renault. Sean Renault is in it. Yeah. Uh, the, the lady, I kept thinking this lady must be in a lot of other things. 
but she isn't. I didn't really is it, recognize. Is it, is it Natasha? Natasha Leone, not Natasha Leone. Uh, another Natasha McComb. Something that like that. that. Yes, or... yes. She yeah. has like an Irish accent. I don't know what I've seen her in. She seems like she's been in yeah. stuff, but I didn't she, recognize. She her does name. TV stuff. She was in Solaris. If you remember Solaris. Yeah, George Clooney's Solaris. Solaris. Uh, but it was a good movie. I liked it. Car chases. Uh, did, did you watch it on TNT? Because that's that's where I watched it when I was a kid, because it would be on TNT every hour on the hour. I and think... they would just overlap it. The <laughs> footage would just keep going from the previous one. Uh, probably. No, we wa- I watched it on demand on, on Hulu. I was just flipping through. <laughs> you demanded it. Hulu has like a lot of because they basically aggregate like, you know, if you have like a I have I, that's where I get my my television from. They aggregate basically like all of the stuff that the, the cable networks air. So you can watch that stuff on demand. And um, it was either that or central intelligence again. And I've already seen that several times. So that's so good. Such a so, great it's movie. so good. So good. Or so smart. Kevin Hart is a treasure. He or, or uh uh like a the TV edit of Lord of the Rings, the two towers. So that's what I had to yeah. choose from. The eight hour one. That's a yeah, good one. Because <laughs> with, with commercials, with commercials, yes. Yeah. Uh but that's what I did. And then around uh eleven thirty I watched uh the ball drop to a very silent New York City. And then I said we we did it everybody. We solved we the 2021 is here. It's it's everything's gonna be it's going to be fine. We're, everybody's working for the weekends. Lover boy. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so you wait. So your brain just started to melt and you just started to shout like song lyrics and catchphrases that you're aware of. <laughs> well, no, I'm everybody's just working for the weekend. Everybody. I, Dynamite. I'm, just, I'm saying uh, that, that we're, we're not going to fail off for this muffler. We got through it and now we can, you know, I don't want to work. I just I want work. to bang I on my drum bang. all day. You know, Todd, oh, there's more lyrics. Rungin. Yeah, I thought it was just I want to bang. No, and then I would just, turn just, off the song and be like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I feel you. No, <laughs> what I was getting excited for was a, a full new year of television movie nights. Mark, <laughs> we did it. Fire off that gun. Hit the siren. We don't. We don't. We lost the siren, huh? No, I guess I'm being told budget cuts the, the si- for twenty. This fiscal year is going to be very slim this year, Mark. <laughs> yeah, Andrew, I I know that I know that the official story is that the, we lost the siren to budget cuts, but um, there were we we were trying to get out ahead of the siren being canceled for some very questionable te- tweets. Ooh. Oh, that's yeah, probably a good ugly. call. It's 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 going it's going to, I, to, it's going to, it's going to host. I, I want people to know the truth. <laughs> It's going to host another podcast, so it sent out a mea culpa just ahead of time to say, like, hey, we start digging into my old yeah. tweets. Just know that these were stabs at jokes. Uh, some of them land, some of them didn't. Yeah. Mark, it's uh, television. You'll hear, the whole, you'll hear the whole story when the siren is on uh, the Joe Rogan experience <laughs> next week. Exclusive to Spotify. Yeah. Mark, it's television movie night. It's he, he the year 2021. Which uh, means we have to look forward by looking. Well, back. looking back. <laughs> yeah, you want to? 
we're like we're like chameleons that our eyes are looking in two they separate directions. Two directions at the same time or me about halfway through uh freddy's revenge you, Cause oh, because so you're all messed up. up I yeah, see. I, <laughs> you're just uh, get him, Freddy. Get we are him. watching uh, this month in the, the month of January 2021. We are watching this a slate of movies that were released in the year 1991, 30 years ago. Dryer, yeah. And to start us off, we watched a movie entitled. Her Wicked Ways, sometimes referred to as Lethal Charm. And we're going to talk about it at length in a segment I like to call, Well, What Do You Know? Lethal Charm debuted on Story of My Wife. Hey, hey. (laughs) Lethal Charm. This fucking lady the you this uh uh her wicked ways debuted on january 1st oh 1991 the first movie of the year that's right that's you start strong cbs said we're not fucking around here in 1991 get ready bitch right out some movies right out of the gate her wicked ways uh aka lethal charm january 1st 1991 starring barbara eden I dream of Jeannie. I dream of Jeannie. They couldn't show her belly button. It was controversial. Controversial. Also, you know, she's a woman a... being a slave to her husband. Not controversial. That's fine. Totally we can show cool. seven or eight seasons of that. But if we see her navel, or even the outline of her navel, or even suggest that maybe she has a navel that she that she was born at some point, that she was born and had an umbilical cord that caused her belly button, that's gonna get us letters. Okay. I mean, they could have, did they, do you know, did they ever make an attempt to explain it in that, like, well, no, she's a genie, she doesn't have a belly button. No, they just said they, her pants were just pulled up. They just brought her pants up. Yeah, that's all. She had those, she had those big, those big genie pants. They're popular now, you know, the little low-hanging crotch pants. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's also in other stuff. She was in Harper Valley PTA. She was in. I've never needed pants with that. With the low crotch. Or with the elastic waistband. Well, obviously, I need an elastic waistband. <laughs> um, I Harbor Valley PTA. Yes, of course. There was a uh, Journey to the Bottom it. of the Sea. Great movies. Uh, I think the f- song came first, if I remember okay. correctly. Harbor Valley PTA. Uh, also Same starring Convoy. That's true. Uh, this is M- C. MC CM MC Scat Cat MC Scat Cat. That's right. He, he did. He did Convoy. A, he did Convoy, and then you know he disappeared for a couple of years. It's like Kenny Rogers. Oh, he, that psychedelic era at the start. Yeah, he did a Strawberry Alarm Clock, and then he was yeah. like, "No, I guess I'm going to do the Gambler now." Yeah. Uh, this also stars also Heather Gambler. That was a song before it was a series of TV movies that we'll watch someday. <sighs> one of us will. One of us will not. <laughs> <laughs> Also starring Heather Locklear, uh, who at the time would have been just coming off of Dynasty, but yep. uh, also appeared in shows like uh, the later seasons of Spin City. Melrose Place. Melrose Place. Uh, Franklin and Bash. Bash. Yes. Which we never got around to watching on our old series because we couldn't find it. Well, we could still we could probably let we should just let's just watch Franklin and Bash. Let's just watch that. If they have a, like right now, 
Like right now. If we, if we want to just watch pilots. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'll explain. I'm watching it on my Andrew phone. And I are doing some I'm, I'm explaining it to you. Uh, it appears Franklin has gotten into a okay. scrape of some kind. Uh, the judge is very mad. Uh-huh. Uh, now there's an ad for Neutrogena. Is Bash drinking in the courtroom? Uh, no, but he looks very smarmy. Okay. Uh, well, and it's good. now now it's over. And coming up next, right. uh, 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 Witchblade. Leverage. <laughs> the TNT original series, Witchblade. <laughs> this was directed by a man named Richard Michaels, which I feel like is some bizarro Michael Richards, like... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Richard Michaels, uh, director of one of the Scared Straight sequels. This is, oh, great. You're going with him. You're, you, I own you now. I, I, yeah, I give me your you. shoes. Give me your shoes. I got your shoes. Now go with him. Uh, also directed several episodes of The Brady Bunch and directed several several episodes of Bewitched. Oh, So you got Barbie Eden, I Dream of Genie. Then you got uh, yeah. Bewitched over here. Do you think that he thought that he knew Barbara Eden? And then they were like, then, no, that no, was... It was the other magic one. That he says, oh, one. shit. Yeah, he came in. He was life. like, he was like, am I Richard Michaels? Am I Dick Sargent? Am I Dick York? Yeah. And, and he was like am joking. Right? And then Barbara Eden's like, I, that, was, that was the other I, one. No, that was another show. He says, remember Uncle Arthur? She's like, again, the other show. So I was in a bottle. That was about that was something else. Uh, this was written by a duo, uh, Janice Hickey and Michael Partridge, who uh, looked to be a duo that wrote uh, two other movies by my count. They wrote something entitled Born to Ride, a motorcycle movie starring John yes. Stamos. I saw this movie in a hotel when I was a little kid on TV. Was it uh, John Stamos. No, it's terrible. Oh. John Stamos plays a uh, rebel without a cause who mm-hmm. in like 1944 is like conscripted to the U.S. military to teach uh, soldiers how to ride motorcycles. Hell yeah. And mm. uh, the big thing that I remember is that they put armor plates on the bottom of the motorcycles. So at the end, they're like attacking a... Um, a foxhole, a Nazi foxhole, and they all do wheelies. <laughs> and they can't hit them because there's metal plates everywhere. Yeah. And I'm like, cool. That's Why cool. didn't you put metal plates uh, everywhere else? They, they should have all worn, they should have worn wheelies. They should have worn like suits of armor as well. Yeah. Uh, they also wrote a movie entitled Chips, the War Dog. It's about a dog that goes to war. Yeah, it's about a do- it's a, there's nothing in the rule book that says a dog can't fight in war. Can't fight and can't kill German troops. Like, oh, um, right. I'd like to think this is like a the- spin-off of Born to Ride that there's, you know, we we get introduced to Chips in Born to Ride, but like what is it what is his adventures or what what else can yeah. we what else can we learn from this uh, lovable animal? It would be great if that, like, the first half of the movie was this really, like, sweet air bud goes to war type thing where Chips doesn't kill anyone. He just saves people, like that mm-hmm. type of thing. And then the second like that, half uh, is... Like that Mel Gibson movie? What was, that, what was the name of that movie? It's not Mel Gibson. It's... Uh... Man Without a Face? No. There was that movie where it was about oh. a guy, the guy who didn't kill anyone. He uh, was like Hacksaw a... Ridge. Yes, that's it. 
Hacksaw Ridge. It was directed by Mel Gibson. Yes. That, yes. Go so on. It's sorry. Hacksaw Ridge, but happy. Yes. And then the second half is uh, Chip's quick descent into alcoholism due to PTSD. But because it's 45, no one knows what to call it. So they, he just becomes an outsider. Shell-shocked. That's shell-shocked. Yeah. Well, no, the, 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 the soldiers who came back from World War II, they were all showered with. We, you, a, 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 do, you, do you like bring it up? Do you make it about Vietnam and it's like that? Or is it strictly it's about? No, no. Have him come back, show the ticker tape parade, and then juxtapose it with what actually it felt like to see Chip, for Chips to see his best friend cut in half by a... <laughs> by a machine gun nest and how like chips can't adjust to normal life and then in the end he uh he catches his tail and licks his butt yeah and then a record scratch and then the movie's over well yeah the, the dog can't necessarily emote because he only has a dog face so he sees like you know he sees like a, a tv or something or he hears a firework go off and we just push in on his face and you know if it was a human he'd be like you know, reacting to it, but yeah. it's just this oh, dumb, no. this dumb dog panting. We push in on his face. A big smile on his face. Uh, this all is right. Good. All right. Andrew, that was a good episode. What are we watching next week? Uh, um, oh, no, we, we, we're not. We didn't watch chips. We watched her wicked ways. Hashtag hashtag oh, hash right. hash mark <laughs> lethal charm. Uh, let's dig in. Act one. It's early morning, Washington, D.C., and Barbara Eden, who plays the character Tess O'Brien, uh, gets a phone call very early in the morning, and she's like, okay, since when? Okay. See, if this was Mark, it'd be just whiskey bottles, whiskey bottles, whiskey bottles, and he's like, I can't find a goddamn phone. Well, well, yeah. Also, you see the clock, and it says 4 a.m., and my hand, like, slaps, and I'm like, what, what is this? What's going on? All right, Mr. President, I'll be right there. And then I open the front door and you realize it's 4 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> I've just been drunk for days. It's the landlord calling and you just, for some reason, are calling him Mr. President. <laughs> I'll be there right away, sir. Come, come right on, Mr. President, sir. We're like, the bathtub's been running for like six hours, man. You've flooded every unit under you. Uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll take... Uh, uh, I'll be at the embassy in an hour. <laughs> I'll be there ASAP. POTUS needs me. <laughs> Put on President of the United States. And then I start humming the opening theme to, to the West, West Wing. Wing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it turns out that Tess O'Brien, uh, Barbara Eden, is a reporter for CNS. She's gotten a phone call that something huge has happened. And she's been, uh, she's, she drives in and she Summons. has to go to work to the White House uh, press room, the briefing room, where uh, it's revealed via the press secretary there at the White House that a man named Henry Dodd, who is a fellow CNS reporter, has been captured by Peruvian gorillas. And it's not sure if he's dead or alive or what, how they're going to get young Henry Dodd out of this jam. Andrew, was I the only one that was like, just give them a bunch of bananas and coconuts? Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, they're giving me the time. They're they're giving me the light. I'm getting the light, um, everybody. That's but that's it for me. that's it for me. I didn't know Peruvian gorillas. Uh, 
it's Peruvian uh, gorillas. Peruvian gorillas, ladies and gentlemen. You see, it's uh, it's a Peruvian. Uh, so it's an audience or an oil painting. Gorillas. Uh, Tess does a stand-up, uh, press stand-up in front of the White House about the story, and then talks to her cameraman later on about herself. Well, hang on, you're Andrew. Andrew, you're skipping something. Oh my god, this during, movie this is terrible. During the White House. Oh, during Go the White on. House press conference. Yes. The they they switch from film to video. Yes. To try to match what it looked like, what it would look like when you would tune into C-SPAN or CNN and see a press conference. To me, I was like, this is the earliest incidence of this in fiction that I can think of. So I was wondering, like, do you think that it was bold and innovative? Or do you think people were just like, what, what is happening to my eyes? I hate this. I don't think that, I don't think people would have recognized that on a, on a, you know, uh, a tube SD television signal. Yes. I think it would have all blurred together if they had decided to keep it in that spirit a lot more because they cut to that very, they cut to it uh, occasionally, <laughs> but I would love it if they told the story through that, you know, you're seeing the broadcast and I don't know how they would have done it oh, again. Yeah. Like, again, I you, hate to you, keep talking just, about <laughs> without warning, but you just, that's what I was going to say. You just want without warning. I just want without, you just want without you warning. to talk about aliens attacking. No, I, let's see. This would have been 91. I bet somebody else has done this where you see that there's a, you know, the, 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 the film grain of video quality. is shown to, to differentiate between like, cause like when we see the press uh, secretary also, he gets a lower third that shows his name, which, uh, you know, it's like it's being broadcast on the, the TV. And then when we cut to the yeah. reverse, yeah. that is being shot on film. Uh, did I think it was innovative? I thought it was interesting. I wish they had done more with it, to be honest, because that would have been cool to see uh, like how it looks on TV uh, for other things. And then when you cut to like what it looks like in real life, like if they had shown her on a set uh, and then you see like it's just a very tiny flat little uh thing yeah you know? or her do her do yeah her doing a stand-up i mean they sort of do that right where she does a stand-up outside the white house and it looks like she's the only one and then we cut to the reverse and you see there's just see a, there's line a line of, of reporters people. yeah well I, like like when um like community at one point did an episode that they shot the show like a three camera sitcom when it's usually a single camera i always yeah. like when they when shows do different stuff like that to show like you know i, I don't know how to explain it uh, i mean nobody's watching of course of course like is, 20 yes minutes explaining that what a single camera versus a, a three camera setup was and that there's an audience here oh why didn't that go terrible Tess does a stand up in front of the White House about the story and talks to her cameraman about herself. Uh, she says that she's working really hard and she's a, she's like a 15 year veteran of, of the news wars. And she's with a man named Peter who is continually long distance because of their jobs. She's here in DC right now, but at some point she got assigned to Chicago where Peter was, but then Peter got assigned to London. And then anytime that they, anytime they land in the same city, they managed to get split up somehow. Andrew, this is the same thing that happens to me um, where, you know, I go to where someone else is 
my I go to where my ex is and she's like you have to be 500 yards away from me and yes. I'm like but I'm here and then she's like yeah but that's not how it works please go 500 yards away and then I'm like there's a school over there you know I can't go near that well mostly this is just you at work as well because it's like I go to work yeah. with people that I know and then they stop going to that place and go to a different job and they decide to leave all together <laughs> and then somehow I worm my way in <laughs> While Tess is at her desk in the White House uh, pool there, I guess I'm assuming it's the press pool at the White House. They give them their own little workspaces. Uh, she gets yeah, called. We, get, we see all these placards that are like Washington Post is here. And uh, well, I like I like US that they no, I, they don't show the Washington Post. They show the Washington Times, which I don't know if by 1991, if it had been purchased yet, but. The Washington Times is like notorious, no notorious now for being a bit of a uh, a rag. I I don't know exactly. It's it's <laughs> it got purchased by some group, and nowadays it's not. It the Post and the Times are two very distinctly separate things. The Post oh, okay. is legitimate. The Times is a little bit more uh, uh, not legitimate. A little bit more sensational, if you will. Which uh, one? Which one? Which one ran a thing saying that um, you're not a doctor unless you have an MD? Is that a post? <laughs> that was the that was, was that was the Wall Street. That was journal. the journal. <laughs> a yes. bunch of cunts, <laughs> bastards. <laughs> hey, kiddo, uh, why don't you drop the doctor? Yeah, unless you've unless you've delivered a baby is what is what they were saying in that uh, that op ed. Yeah. For the longest well, time, also, hey, listeners, uh, here's a little factoid for apparently, you. Apparently, my cab driver is, is a doctor then. For the longest my time. is. It's a home birth. <laughs> I always send, uh, I, I always send, I have a friend who is a PhD in psychology, and I'm like, well, time to just rip that right off. He's never delivered yeah. a baby. He didn't do any, he didn't do an internship at the hospital. Uh Op-ed, Mark, for those of you keeping score at home, does not mean opinions and editorials. Op-ed stands for opposite the editorial. Did you know that? So what is that? So it's like a dissenting opinion? No, I'm saying that when you say the op-ed page, you're not talking opinions yeah. and editorial. It means opposite oh, that's the what I editorial. No, opposite the editorial. So is it is why not it's called- an opinion? It is, but the reason it's called the op-ed is because the page is opposite the editorial. Okay. Yeah. Uh, little little newspaper factoid for you. Moving on. Thank you. While at her desk, Tess gets a call from her agent who says the network wants to meet with her, potentially about becoming the new news anchor at CNS. She would become the Dan Rather, the Peter Jennings, the Tom Brokaw, the Walter Cronkite. Uh, yeah. After do you after those three gentlemen? Do you does anyone like? I know that the nightly news is a thing. Still. Katie Couric. Katie Couric only hosted CBS Evening News for like two years, though. That was a big deal because they paid her a lot of money, and then they were like hoping to get returns on it, but it like she moved on. But like now, well, I, well. I mean, we mentioned it earlier, Andrew. Now it's now it's it was Dan Rather and uh, Walter Cronkite. Now it's the Johns and the Joe Rogan. (laughs) 
which Johns? The Pod Johns from Pod Save America. Pod Save, yeah. Pod, uh, okay. Pod Save America. The, the Pod Johns. I'm not talking. About, yeah. Andrew thought I was talking about the the men who are soliciting. Yes, yeah, so the ones the ones at the park. Uh, uh, which which ones? which ones? They I I guess they they, <laughs> they probably have a lot of information that I don't have. I don't know if I want it, but yeah. <laughs> uh, yes potentially becoming the new news anchor, but they also, the network wants her to mentor a new reporter who is being called up from a local affiliate. Her name is Melody. This is Heather Locklear. She's coming up from the triple A's. That's right. She did some good work for the mud hens. That's, We're calling her up to the Yankees. The Columbus Clippers. Those are Tigers. Let's see the Columbus Clippers. That was the Yankees farm team. So when I was younger, you'd go to the mud hens Clippers games and then you'd see like people who were either called up or called down A-Rod. from Yankees. I don't know if I ever saw a Rod, but you'd see guys like uh, Danny Tartabol. And uh, I have uh, to imagine that a Rod never spent any time in the minors. No, he was he had to have been there at some point. At dinner, Did he go straight from college, just right to the main the the main roster. I don't I don't think it works yeah. that way. Right. At dinner, Tess and her friend, not, not Tess, her friend, ask <laughs> Melody about her background and basically in a nice way, say like, who did you have sex with to get this yeah, position? You, yeah. Because you just were some you're local yokel and you're out, dumb. out in the sticks. So how did this happen? She says that she uses her Southern charm to get things that she wants or needs. And that's apparently how and she that is. she does her. She does her best Blanche Devereaux impersonation. That's right. She always depends on the kindness of strangers. Uh, she, she, <laughs> no, her, uh, oh, her Rue McCallahan from Golden Girls. Oh, I, I see. <laughs> <laughs> it's that Blanche. Oh, Blanche Dubois. That's that's who it is. Uh, yes, but yeah. yes, she she says, uh, "I've had so much sex, Dorothy. I don't know if I can stand <laughs> this." Then. Rose says something dumb. She's like, well, in St. Olaf, we could stand all the time. And, and then she tells a story. Yeah. And it doesn't and then, go anywhere. Uh, and it's dumb. And then Dorothy calls her dumb. And I then get angry. Still yeah. Getty's like, big laugh. Listen, listen, pussycat. All right. She needs to find a place, though. Melody says, I just moved up here from DC. And boy, are my arms tired. Um, <laughs> Wait, they're, they're at DC. Well, she says she she just flew into D.C. She just moved into town. Yeah. Yes. And so uh, she has to find a place, but she hasn't found a place yet. She's going to go for a hotel. But Tess, being the nice person that she is, and the fact that she's got to mentor this lady, she's like, you can just stay at my place. At Tess's house. Whatever. Whatever. Just sleep in the. I don't know. Just uh, with some brownstone. Some. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the D.C. housing market is like. Andrew, I have to ask, did you think or did you know who the good guy and bad guy was before this movie started? Because based I... on the clip that you played, I was like, oh, we're going to do an All About Eve where Genie is the bad guy. No, He's I thought to sport this young person. I presume that Heather Locklear was the bad guy because we wouldn't have started with Genie. We would have flipped it the other way and we would have had her come in as some kind of naive person and Jeannie would have like taught her how to be unscrupulous yeah. and that would have put her that would have put her yeah. at there would have been like training day but uh uh i thought smoke pcp that's right 
you want to talk to the you want to talk to the finance minister well you're gonna to have to get wet it would have been great though if they lowered the stakes on it if he was if she's like a community like a newspaper reporter for like some small town daily or something but she's still like you know you you, you got to get into it all right you got to really get into it you gotta you gotta <laughs> you have to smoke this pcp if you want to talk to the chamber of commerce <laughs> uh yeah but I thought we were going to go a little bit more single white female. Like we would have, we would have gone more in that direction. She tries to become her. Exactly. People. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we will see if that happens. At did no, no, uh, back up. Here we go. Uh, at Tess's house, we find out that she has a large adult son that is not living with her anymore. She has left the room as it is. He's, uh, he's not a large. He's not a large adult son. Yeah, he's, she's, he's, son. he's a large adult he's son adult. who is living in D.C. but does not live with his mother anymore. Eight, eight, nine feet tall, 500, and, 500 pounds. He is he a is, very large adult. That's right. He is at least four feet wide, eight feet tall. <laughs> the man is just a just a brick wall that just comes stumbling in. Doesn't know his ass from a hole in the ground, but he is a very intimidating fellow. At the network meeting in New York City, Tess finds out she's getting a contract extension uh, with first consideration once the uh, current guy at the news desk steps down. But yes. during this, is this all meeting, she's wanted. This is all she this is it. This is her dream. She wanted to become the anchor of the nightly news. But she also finds out in this meeting that Melody is the niece of Henry Dodd, which is the reporter that was kidnapped by the Peruvian guerrillas. So I think that explains a little bit to her why she's gotten this consideration. They want to try and be nice to this lady. It's a favor to Henry because we don't necessarily know where what's going to happen with him. Uh, But the guy, the, cause she meets with the president of the network and then the president of the news division. uh, She's keep it under your, keep it under your hat. She doesn't necessarily want to spread this around. Right. Back at Tess's. Especially, especially don't tell any of our hundred uh, um, fact checkers that we have on, <laughs> on, on whose job it is, is to look into this stuff. Don't tell them. Yeah. Or, or like our HR department as well. Just uh, keep that, keep that hidden as yeah. well. Back at Tess's, Melody has uh, decided to set up shop by, uh, you know, doing something nice for Tess. She has set up a bunch of flowers everywhere. Flowers for, for me? me? All right, all right, we've, all right. we've got Tess on the hook long enough, but it's also she starts to she, she starts to snoop. You got me. I'm stupid. Yeah, uh, snoops you know, around a little bit. Women. Meanwhile, Tess's medicine cabinet. Yeah, she opens up her medicine cabinet, goes through her trash, tries to find her social security card, like puts a bunch of incriminating like blackmail material on her computer. You know the thing you do when yeah. you stay at someone's house accidentally cuts her and then collects her blood and runs it through that thing that spins really quickly <laughs> tries to make a clone like a homunculi that she can operate and control yeah she's got like clay that she like pours the thing in the blood into the thing you do when you stay at somebody's house girl, it's, girl it's, stuff yes it's, it's what, what happens yeah every single girl sleepover this is what happens Yes, that's why you have to burn your fingernails. Tess's son, Andrew, appears and drops by to meet with Melody 
because uh, he doesn't yes. he doesn't he thought he's just coming over to see mom and to sleep in his bed and to be like mom good <laughs> his giant bed <laughs> he has to soothe him and 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 say shh, 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 shh. i saw yeah. a large mechanical horse so that was a motorcycle honey that was a motorcycle uh she, but he runs sun, in the melody. Sun's, sun's getting pretty low there, big guy. <laughs> uh, he runs in the melody uh, and she's making, so she got flowers. She's made lamb. Uh, and uh, once Tess arrives, because Andrew leaves to go get more wine. It seems the two of them have kind of hit it off a little bit. He leaves to get more wine. Tess uh, arrives back again. Uh, and uh, Melody says, I've also drawn you a bath. <laughs> now, Mark. Now take your clothes off. Let's say like something happened. Uh, you know, a coworker of yours was like, oh my God, I, I, uh, my place flooded. And I, I guess I got to find a hotel yeah. or something. Look, man. Uh, and then you're just I don't like, feel comfortable staying in any hotels because of COVID. We're, we're coworkers. We're in the same bubble. If you could just help me out until I get a new place, that would really be great. Yeah. No, no, no. Happens. You can you can volunteer. It's like you know, it's because you, you would have to in this circumstance, you would have to volunteer. You, he doesn't want to impose on you. He's like, ah, I'll find a hotel. He's like, don't pay for a hotel, especially I, the insurance are going to do that. I'll let you crash on my couch. To, we, no, we 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 have to stop this analogy because I would never do this. Someone would be like, <laughs> I'm going to sleep. They're, they'd be like, looks like I'm going to be sleeping in my car unless, you know, someone helps me out. And I'd be like, so what do you got? Like a, like a crossover or a, oh, just a sedan. Oof. That's going to be uncomfortable. <laughs> Bye. Let's say, but let's say somebody crashed with you and you came back from wherever it is that you go during the day. It certainly isn't work, but wherever it is that the you go store. during the day, <laughs> kind of go put in a good shift. <laughs> <laughs> And they said, Mark, I want to thank you. I got, I look, I tidied up around the place. I went through your stuff. Looks great. Uh, well, yes, of course you did. And I, I drew you a bath. There's a bath ready for you right now. It's is weird. That? It's, it's, this is really weird, but like Tess doesn't yes, even weird. blink an eye. She says, oh, that's wonderful. She says, did I die and go to heaven? It's yeah. weird. Um, it's very weird. Yes. Uh, if someone cooked for me, that would be nice. But yeah, something about the like, go into your bathroom and get naked. Now. <laughs> one, now time, one time, one time, one time I was at a friend's house. I was at a friend's house and I put away their dishes from the dishwasher because it had just finished. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to try to be nice and helpful around the house. But I put them back. I didn't know yeah. where anything went. So I just put them wherever I thought they went. And I got a, I got a text. Trash. I got a text like a day later. They're like, you're you're a monster because because they were finding <laughs> like the mixing cups were in the wrong spots and i was like oh i'm s sorry i was trying to be helpful so the same i would make the same argument if i drew you a bath and i said well no snapping no, like, i'm sorry i'm sorry i would assume that the issue was that you put all of their plastic ware into the oven so when they set when they went to preheat the oven no one ever looks inside the oven first so it no just, yeah, it's like no. I want you like your plates to be warm. You want to pre-warm the plates. Doesn't matter yeah. if they're plate. It's fine. While Tess is in the bath, Tess's boyfriend Peter shows up, uh, who has uh, arrived here in Washington D.C. on a layover because he's heading back to London. Andrew yeah. also arrives, and now we have all four of these assholes in the apartment from Paris. 
Uh, it's a very <laughs> strange flight. <laughs> He's really going to Vegas too, which is weird. So he has to go from Paris yeah. to DC to London to, I'm going to say like uh, yeah. Santa Fe, then to Vegas. And it's a bus to Vegas, which is really weird. It's, it's like it's Spirit Airlines, you know, they're going to send you wherever, but you're going like, to save like 18 bucks. I mean, well, on the plane ticket, you have to you have to pay for the yeah. gasoline. They, they go around. They're like, look, man, if if we, you don't pony up some cash for the gas, this thing's going down in like an hour <laughs> straight down. Andrew also arrives. So all four of them are there. Tess uh, Melody says, I, I've been here in D.C. and I've had nobody to take me out. And Andrew says, oh, let's go. Stomp, stomp, <laughs> stomp. Andrew decides to take Melody out on the town while Tess and Peter fuck in the bedroom. Peter then complains about his writing, his job. He's like, oh, my God. I'm trying to write the great American novel. Yeah. As a Brit. Meanwhile, Melody gets and hot. Then, uh, <clears throat> Go ahead. Well, Jeannie's like, wow, this could be my life. Just hearing this guy <laughs> complain about how Just hard it is to write. Piss wow. and moan about his ideas and God knows what. He screw for five minutes and then now he chews my ear off. He's like, oh, I wanted to, I want to put a type it on the typewriter because that's what Ernest Hemingway did, but it's just so time consuming to constantly change the ribbon. She's like, This is I woo, Boy. here we go. The married life. Meanwhile, on Andrew and Melody's little trip around DC, Melody gets hot thinking about all the power that's in there in DC. Uh, then the two of them smooch shakers. The two of them smooch near the Jefferson's Monument. Uh, apparently, they've hit it off somehow. I don't know how. The Jefferson's Monument. Yeah, the Jefferson's uh, Monument. You got. <laughs> I don't know. You don't kiss on a first date. That's only reserved for married people. This wasn't even a date. They didn't even go get any chicken wings. Tess drops by, drops Peter off at the airport, and then Peter says, "Why don't you consider Spain? We can just go to Spain, leave all these people behind. Your large, awful away, son, <laughs> this Melody lady, just quit. Let's just go. Just we'll drive there. Just drive across the ocean. Think about how much money you're going to save not having to feed your giant son." <laughs> <laughs> You just you just have, you have to spend go like eight hundred. You spend like eight hundred dollars in oats a month. <laughs> That's right. You have to just try. You you have to buy things in bushels and just and just hand it to him. <laughs> the man, he's, and he's like thirty four. What is he? Why do you have to feed him Dude. all the time? <laughs> At the White House, Henry uh, uh, is reading a statement. We see on the TV that Henry Dodd is on the TV and he is reading a statement that is being that is prepared by the Peruvian guerrillas, basically telling America to butt out of Peru. Uh, but it's obvious that <laughs> yes. he's reading this under duress. Melody is watching this and looks like she's upset and crying because that's her uncle. But once we see her in the bathroom, she doesn't seem to be that upset anymore. She doesn't seem all that upset when she's alone. Interesting. Hmm. Tess, meanwhile, back in the office, is waiting for a quote from the Secretary of State, but Melody shows up, and it seems like she's already got one. 
which she got by sending along a basket of cornbread muffins. You see that Southern charm coming home to roost. And homemade preserves. Which would be a tasty treat. I wonder, I wonder if the that quote was delicious. like, these are delicious. Do you think that was what <laughs> she like handed this quote over? And he's like, I like the peach cobbler one the best. <laughs> harm, no, harm. The, the quote was probably, you're not getting this basket back. <laughs> it's good with the butter on it oh and, and yeah the quote is oh and you warm the butter oh <laughs> <laughs> she's like read it on the air uh but tess is not necessarily deterred because she also goes back to the white house to try and actually get the quote herself i don't know if she doesn't necessarily trust melody but she does wants to do the legwork herself. She blusters in and she like big time some security guard by being like, uh, you're going to let me in that room or I'm going to tell people that you smoked pot in college. <sighs> A capital a offense in 1991. They'll give him the death penalty for that. Yeah. Uh, so she gets into the room with the secretary of state and asks a very pointed question. She should have how- planted some crack on him. <laughs> Again, if that if this were the training day thing, that's what she would have done. <laughs> she would have been like, I can either tell people that there is a lot of crack cocaine in your car right now, which there is, uh, which there or, is. or you could let me in the room. Uh, she's like, you can call my bluff. And keep maybe, the crack cocaine. maybe there isn't. I don't know. Uh she gets into the room and asks a very pointed question to the secretary of state, which gets her a good quote. She sprints back to try and do the stand up at the white house only to find that melody is there presumably doing it herself. But it finds, it turns out that they were just funning around in front of the camera and she still has oh, a couple just minutes. Having a good time. She has a couple minutes left before they go live. So phew, she hasn't taken her spot yet, but we also find out that melody is very fluent in Spanish. Keep this in Keep mind. This in mind. Later, Andrew, Tess, Melody, and Tess's friend head off to Grandma's place to celebrate Tess's birthday. They go off. To... Andrew, do you think? Do you think Tess's friend was like? So is this a Hallmark movie? Do I need to tell her to get married? And they were like, No, no, it's a political thing. And she's like, Oh, so I need to tell her to not like compromise her scruples and they're like, Yeah, no, not that not, either. Not really. Like, You're just kind of there. I need to just be agreeable. You're agree- like, yeah, you're one. agreeable and kind of a shitty lackey. That's kind of what you are. She's like, can do. Uh, her friend gets her a nightgown to which Andrew, Tessa's son, suggests modeling it. <clears throat> Creepy. Yeah. Later, grandma, however, reveals that she does not like Melody. She, like immediately, she just mm-hmm. sniffs her out. She's like, I don't like that bitch. I don't like her. Get her out of here. Get her <laughs> out of like my her. fucking I don't know why she's here. Get her out of my fucking house. I don't, I don't give a damn if uh, she brings me all the cornbread muffins in the world. She's, she's, she fucking sucks. Guess what? They're dry. She's they, like, yeah. They're disgusting. I said it. I'm the only one who's saying it. Yeah. I would rather go to the Cracker Barrel and get a thing of muffins there. Yeah, I said that too. <laughs> She tells Andrew that she can tell the difference when a woman is looking at a man or a woman is looking past, past a, man. a man. 
which I also can tell that because it is the only, there's only one speed that a woman looks at me. And so well, you, no, usually you, there's, you... A, there's a door or a fire exit or something behind me. <laughs> Every time you every time you go to a restaurant, they try to give you their keys and they're like, keep it somewhere close, buddy. Like, I'm not even wearing red. What is this? Like, all right. Well, because it comes with a fiber as well. I said, you yeah. they say like broom broom. Run off. But they didn't tell me what their car looks like, so I'm trying every car in the lot. Yeah. Uh at the cabin, however, the uh, the festivities are broken up when Tess is called and is told that they are looking, that the Peruvian guerrillas are looking to execute Henry Dodd. Uh-oh. Bum, bum, oh, bum. No. Act two. Back at the White House uh, and off screen, the Peruvian guerrillas have decided to not execute Henry Dodd. <laughs> <Woo>. Boy, <laughs> that was a close one. <laughs> That was a tense commercial break. Uh, sitting through the taste of wetness, wondering what's going to happen to Henry. Happen <laughs> to Henry Dodds. Uh, his execution is stayed, but stay, things still seem dicey, and they don't really know what's going to happen with uh, Henry. Melody and Tess decide to do a little bit of their own legwork by staking out the front gate of the White House to figure out if there are any suspicious limos that are going in and out of those front gates. They spy a limo that has rented license plates on it as opposed to um, specific DC White House plates on it. So they decide to tail that limo, con the DMV on a car phone to give them information on that limo, but they also see it pull up to the Peruvian embassy. So they feel like they've mm -hmm. got, there's something Suspicious. happening here with this limousine. They then take the information from the DMV to find out that it's rented, go to the rental place, which allows Melody to go in and con and lie to the guy at the front desk to get information on what is happening with this limo. She finds out that a guy named Murillo, 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 Tom, tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow, tomorrow, Murillo. So, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> to Marillo. <laughs> uh, a guy named Marillo has rented the uh, limo and uh, it, it's, she's like, all right, what's the next step? Here we go. You and me. We are Franklin and Bash. We are. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're this generation's Rizzoli and Isles. That's right. Like, I don't. What, what is this? What is this? <laughs> she's like, you know, you're like the smart aleck one. And I'm like the sensible one. Yeah, she's, we're gonna Rizzoli and Isles this all day, every day. <laughs> Maybe we'll even leverage it. I don't know. Which which one of us is Bones? I think I'm Bones. <laughs> I, I'm, I'll be, I'll be Bones, and you be New Girl. I yeah, I think that 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 tracks right. <laughs> None of these shows exist. What are you talking about? <laughs> are you having a brain problem? Like, I think I am. I can see through time. <laughs> Uh, she's like, there's, there's multiple Sheldons. I don't, I don't want to be a young <laughs> Sheldon. I'll be a young rock coming, coming out this fall on NBC. <laughs> it's time for me to make my stand. Tess stonewalls Melody on where her next source is because it is a private investigator who's able to get background information uh, on, on this anybody that's right he's got access to google 
and he's like i'm in the, i'm in the mainframe check it out I, i'm in marillo it turns out is some big wig that's attached to some people in peru uh meanwhile melanie uses her uh resources which apparently is the president of the uh, news division to get a computer link up to tess's place uh when tess returns back yes. to her apartment she's pissed because melody's like oh hey i called up uh your boss and i got us this cool computer and i've been looking through all your files and well we're right ah uh, I'm, I'm gonna change my i'm gonna I change play- my answer i'm the aisles in this i feel like rizzoli would not have gone to this uh, I, I've been playing, um, <laughs> ski free. I've been playing that game. Where, no, that game where you learn how to type. Maybe speaking. Yeah. I, I beat my, yeah. It's like, you're, you're terrible. You're a hunt. You hunt pack all day. I, it took me like a minute to beat you in Mavis beacon. And she's like, you motherfucker. <laughs> that took me months. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Slaps her. <laughs> yeah that's the that she's like oh you can go through my files and she's like oh and i also beat your mind scre- sweeper score and she's like bitch <laughs> yeah bitch uh throws water in her face this upsets uh tess because she's like let's get one thing straight here you are basically a glorified intern you do what i say uh don't go through my fucking files do your own goddamn work and if i i swear to you if you change the wallpaper my background wallpaper to something that isn't an adorable cat. It's, I'm going to end you. I'm going to end you. You're not going to see it coming, but I'm going to end you. Also, I noticed, um, have you never finished? Have you never made it to Oregon in Oregon trail? Your <laughs> top score is zero. Like, you know, oh. you just, you just don't even waste your time with feed. You'll just hunt your elk out there. It's Start. No yeah. You pick it, you be the banker. You buy a bunch of supplies right out of the gate because he's got the money and you just go. You ford the river like three go. times and you're there. She's like, you're you know what? You're you're a dead woman. You're absolutely you're dead. You're dead. You are <laughs> you are a dead woman. The next time when my daughter dies of gonorrhea, I'm gonna <laughs> name her you. Uh Tess, however, stonewalls Melody on this by saying the Marillo, uh Mario Marillo, the Marillo uh lead was a dead end even though she knows Tess knows it wasn't a dead end the guy's connected to the Peru government somehow they haven't figured it out yet though Tess and Peter managed to get into invited to an embassy party not the Peruvian embassy a different embassy uh, where they're rubbing elbows with a bunch of DC bigwigs only for Melody to show up wearing one of Tess's dresses Tess's Dresses. dresses But also on the arm of her and, boss. And that sounds like an answer to one of your trivia games. Tess's <laughs> uh, dresses. That's right. You got it. It's you replace you change one letter. Letter. Yep. Uh, she shows up on the arm of the boss, like her, her network, the, the news boss. network's boss's arm. Which, okay, we can kind of see what's happening here, but. Man, 1991 optics, you didn't have to give a fuck if you were a guy in charge. Is that right? Uh, Yeah, I think that's true up until um, two weeks ago. Really? Wow. Uh, Yeah, because it's like, obviously, 
new girl shows up in town they're screwing they're taking her to the mz party exactly and you're just like what the fuck that's your employee like isn't somebody gonna say anything apparently not i liked this sequence because again i was like we all know that this is how it happens but like it would have been kind of new i imagine for me at least you know in 1991 because i would be all of six to be like oh the parties are where like the real information comes out you know like it's not all press conferences and that shit it's well you know. it's that's true it's it's you it's it's especially in dc politics because they show them at the bar which they don't show them like like trying to work with sources but like that used to be the thing is you would have to go to the watering holes where the senators and where the people went and that's how you would get that information by mingling yeah. with them well Tess is still, even though she's at this party, she's still doing the legwork. She grills the press secretary that's there about like this Maria, this Murillo character. What the fuck? He's attached to the Peruvian government. I know you know who he is. Why don't you just tell me? And he says, ah, you crazy ladies and your head full of fluff. You don't know anything. <laughs> Tom Morello, he's the lead guitarist he's, for Rage Against the Machine. He's I like, did you, did you know to do with this? Did you know his music was political? Did you know that? Ah, oh, I <laughs> now that I hear that, I don't, I don't, stay, I don't know if I like this band anymore. Stay in your lane. <laughs> do you remember when <laughs> Rand Paul said that he loves working out to Rage Against the Machine? It wasn't Rand Paul, it's Paul Ryan. Paul and Ryan. yeah, yes, Paul Ryan said that he likes working out to Rage Against the Machine. And they basically came out of the woodwork to say, get fucked. That is, that is always exciting when there are either like uh, entertainers or certain celebrities or politicians specifically that like really like certain performers and those performers go out of their way to tell them to get fucked based on their <laughs> politics. Yeah. And the other one, the other good one is Chris Christie and Bruce Springsteen. It's yeah. like, Chris Christie is a diehard Bruce Springsteen fan. And I He's believe boy. I believe Bruce Springsteen has specifically told him to go piss up a rope. Like <laughs> it's get bent. I that would be heartbreaking for me to know that like a band or a, an artist that I really enjoy based on just how much of a miserable asshole. It, th- thank God I'll never get to that level where people <laughs> know more than a few people know how much of a miserable monster I am. So that they can come out of the woodwork to tell me, hey, I hate you specifically. Stop enjoying our, our product or our, our songs or our, you know, movies, film, whatever. Yeah, we we the two guys of They Might Be Giants have uh, done a little research on our fan base. Andrew, uh, sit and spin. Yeah, sit, sit and spin, you cruddy skank. <laughs> Uh, now, Birdhouse in Your Soul. Bah, 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 bah. And I'm like, oh, all right, yeah. <laughs> How exciting that would be. I'd be like, they know my name. This is so exciting. And they know me. They know I suck. <laughs> At, back at Tess's house, uh, Peter gives Tess a necklace, and then they fuck. In the morning, Melody sneaks back into the house after a long night, sneaks back into her bedroom, upsets the blankets so like that the they wrong think that way as well you know the headboard would be like if you usually you don't put the headboard against no, do you so i don't know it's the guest house i guess i it's yeah she like screw like messes up the blankets to make it seem like she'd been sleeping there uh even though and, she was doing the boss gotcha yeah. 
In Tess's bedroom, however, Tess continues to push Peter on this long distance thing. She says, why don't you just move back to D.C.? I don't like you leaving all the time. Peter says, well, why don't you move with me to Spain and then we'll both be together? And Tess says, well, I'm I, I'm a working woman. I want it all. I had yeah. my large adult son. He's gone now. <laughs> I only have to I have to only have to feed him seven times a day now, as he, opposed to he, the 10 when he was living here. He has to bathe in that reflecting pool in the <laughs> Washington Mall. That's how large he is. It's a very large, cumbersome <laughs> son. He was born 27 ounces or 27 pounds, 19 ounces. He's a big kid. I, it, it blew me out. It's just, it was awful. He came out sideways too. He was seven feet tall. He did. He challenged the doctor to an arm wrestling competition. He won. The large, he was a large child is what I'm trying to say. I had to put a nipple on a barrel. That's what he drank out of. Uh, what else? 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 I'm just saying he's large. He's a large kid. He's a very large, fat child. <laughs> Melody eavesdrops on this conversation as the two of them have a, a bit of a quarrel. Uh, and Tess says that she wants the top job. But Peter basically says, you need to shit or get off the pot. All right. I'm here i bought two tickets to spain i'm going to use them in a week or so either you can come with me or i can go to spain by myself and then that basically dissolves this relationship peter leaves but he's stopped by melody who's outside pretending to go for a run and basically says hey sorry i couldn't help but overhear this but i agree with you maybe tess needs to um Step Get down and let somebody else, a younger, oh, more attractive who. person. who Someone fresh off of Dynasty, perhaps? Perhaps. I'm just spitballing here. Maybe maybe somebody who wasn't in I Dream of Genie. Maybe somebody who will be in a more fondly remembered sitcom by Bill Lawrence named Spin City. Seasons five through eight. From co-starring the- with Charlie Sheen at a certain point. <laughs> maybe that's the case. I'll be with Barry Bostwick. Doesn't He'll that sound appealing? He's there the entire run. It's more his show than anyone else's. But like the nerdy guy goes away after like season five. But the guy from Ferris Bueller's Day Off is still there. I don't, I stopped watching after Michael J. Fox left. I, I watched like six episodes. It was good. It was good. It was, it was a good show. Uh, he says, don't count on it. Not anytime soon. Tess will hold on to this until she dies. So get get ready for that. Tess gets a call from Brad Duggan, who is this network boss that is screwing around with Melody. Uh Says, come out to New York City. Have a couple laughs. Uh, We're having a party. Take your shoes off in the plane, if you'd like. Make toe knuckles. She goes to New York City for a big, important meeting when what she thinks is going to be the call where she gets the, the, the anchor chair, yep. but instead is told that Melody is going to be taking her morning stand-ups uh, while he allows Tess to work full-time on the Henry Dodd story. Yes. How benevolent. Thank New you. company policy. In order to do stand-ups, you have to be able to... Um, find out who shot Johnny Rock in the CD from Adventure, <laughs> who shot Johnny Rock. 
She says, "Oh fuck, I don't know." I he's a, I, I think it was I think it was shoes. I think it was shoes, <laughs> Mackenzie. It's like no, no, it's not. It's like oh, I just I've just been playing a bunch of those Tex Murphy games. I don't know anything about Johnny Rock. <laughs> She complains to her agent that they're trying to get her off TV and, and screw with her career. And her agent says, oh, calm down. Uh, Locklear is a nice girl and a great screw. And like, <laughs> Wait, what? He says, what? What? Wait, huh? did, who, who? What? I did. Why did you say that? I didn't say that. It's weird that you said it. Tess figures out that uh, the agent is also repping uh, Melody as well, which, man. Mark, we should get agents this way. Just by screw them. Well, no, we're not. He, they, she's not screwing the agent, but it's it's safe to assume. Oh well, I mean, you know, maybe we could get represented that way. Try that. You know, I, I, it's something we haven't tried yet. <laughs> Act three. Convinced that Melody is pulling the strings on all of this, she goes back to her house. Tess does and throws Melody out. She says, "On the morning of March 11th." Uh, she, she was told yeah exactly she was, that request was denied uh she melody's melody stabs out a cigar with an umbrella and she's reading the paper and yeah. then she gets hit with an old bat with a by a purse what is what does oscar felix do to get him hit with by a purse it's something i don't remember in that opening well it's been a while uh she gets thrown out of the house she says a fine I'm going to go move in with your son, <laughs> your giant son and his like, average sized apartment. Good luck. The door, <laughs> the door only opens six inches. That's not a good day. Cause you got to push past him. <laughs> giant large son. I don't know how he got in there in the first place. It's like they moving a baby grand piano in there. <laughs> they had to have built the place around him. <laughs> she looks in the window. It's just one eye sticking out. <laughs> Hey, how you doing, hot stuff? <laughs> Did you bring my lunch? Two cows. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's just Paul Bunyan. It's just a big Paul Bunyan story. <laughs> uh, Melody goes uh, and lives with Andrew, and she says after they screw that she's going to New York City for the weekend because she has a big story that she needs to cover. Andrew wants to visit, and she says no. I'm going to be out and about working. So don't call. Don't, don't call. Show up. Don't just do whatever, whatever you do. Just don't ask a lot of questions either. It's, it's like, it's like secret stuff. You know, it's a story I'm working on. It might print. It might not print. I, I don't know, but like, yeah. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, you can't and, ask me any questions. That's right. That's I, this is, we said this when the, when the contract came up, I said, I will live with you, but you can't ask me any questions. It is what the service said. Uh, meanwhile, we service elderly widows and large men, large, lonely, awful men. <laughs> and he says, yep, that's what they that's told me. me at the service. Meanwhile, Tess decides to run a background check on Melody. Man, Mark, we should get either we should get private investigator licenses so we can run background checks on people. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? We should do it. Either that or we should just find out a friend who is a private investigator that allows us to run background checks on people. Get credit scores, that. like no, like all the stuff, where they used to live, old cars they had, and just drop that <laughs> casually in conversations just to freak people out. Uh, yeah, I mean, 
Boy, this uh, this jo- this show is running smoother than a uh, '97 Pontiac Sunfire. Am I right, Kelly? Uh, uh, that's, uh, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, they start. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh God, he knows. Uh, he knows about uh, the Sunfire. <laughs> pull the fire alarm. Uh, oh, gotta go. Uh, she finds out through the private investigator that according to his files, Melody I'm has paid five seventy five a day. That's about two points better than your credit score. Isn't it, Michael? <laughs> he, he knows he knows I defaulted. He knows he knows, he knows, he knows I defaulted on my student loans. <laughs> we got to get out of here. She finds out Tess finds out that Melody does not have any living relatives based on this background check that she ran and that her the next of kin is listed as a viola hubble nice uh, old lady which is some nice old lady that lives in virginia they go to lunch and tess told tells her crony she says hey uh, <laughs> apparently you only just serve to my bit, like this is what you do is you're yeah. just my lackey so here's an address why don't you go talk to this old bat and find out more about our good friend melody that's also good too like not only are we running background checks on old friends but we're just like <laughs> we're using it just to dig up dirt for no reason because like she has no incentive like she had no incentive to run a background check on Melody in the first place other than man fuck her she, yeah, she knew she was after her so like what is like now I'm going to find out I wasn't asking questions before because you're my friend but now I don't trust you and you were in my home and you had access to my computer so I need to know about you. So you're just going to yes. run a background check like imagine cuz obviously now based on this PI we know that she's not necessarily the niece yes. of the guy that's but like what if that story had checked out and he was just like living relatives it appears that her uncle was a living relative and that she has a For father now. and a mother and She's uh, a she mother. Goes. She has a mother. She has a father. My mother. <laughs> uh, yes, they start doing the Evan Costello routine. <laughs> uh, no, she she's been uh, uh, siphoning off credit cards and she moves to Oregon. But then she finds out that the the real Melody is uh, also shown up in Oregon, and she shows up to uh, you know just say hi to the guy to the the new yeah. Melody, and she's like, oh, I'm gonna take a shower. You can. You can hang out if you want in my hotel <laughs> and then just bludgeons her to death. Uh, no. What if she had found out that everything was above the board and she was, she just like, well, I asked my PI friend to run a background check and I found out that her main name was, you know, uh, hoop and Wagner. And that's all. That's the only thing I knew. <laughs> Got her. <laughs> yeah. Old Hoopy's going to hear about this. <laughs> uh, they bump into Andrew and, a melody at the restaurant that they're at and it's a very cold reception as uh, uh melody has to get to the airport because she's going to new york city yes meanwhile tessa's friend goes to violas down in virginia and finds out that melody is certainly not related to henry dodd and the only reason they seem to know each other is because henry dodd she has a viola has a picture of henry and melody as henry once gave her an award at j school uh for journalism Oh, that's okay. what that's what it's called. <laughs> okay, because <laughs> he, he's written on the back. Keep up with your your reporting. Hopefully, you you continue to improve. Congratulations on this award. Love, H. Dodd. Um, Fish and chips. Yeah, <laughs> it's like oh, even those are awful. I hate them. 
The friend then tells Tess this over the phone. Meanwhile, however, Andrew hears on the radio that the subject of Melody's story that she said it was New York City has canceled his plans, which means, well, uh, maybe I'll do I something can show nice. show up uninvited. That's right. I can stomp across state lines. <laughs> say, has anyone seen Melody? My girlfriend? <laughs> he says, has anyone seen my girlfriend? And then they point at the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> Oh, writing a new book, I see. <laughs> Always on stone tablets with you. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. I like this where this is, is going. <laughs> uh, he decides to hop a shuttle to New York City and surprise her, but the surprise is on him when he shows up at her hotel door Knocks on it. She answers only to see he sees men's clothing draped over a chair. Yeah. Which if Melody were as good a liar as she supposedly is, she could have come up with something. All right. Because he immediately is like, you're fucking somebody else. This is bullshit. He stomps away. The hotel dry cleaner gave me someone else's stuff. Exactly. I have the ticket around here somewhere. Let's go to the front desk ourselves and complain. Yes. And then that's... Which then you have to figure out how to get the guy out of your room. Like that now it becomes so now she's like riding an elevator back and forth. Yeah. She's like, let's go to dinner. You you go get the table. I'll be right back. And I'll complain. Just, she changes into the men's clothes and sits down at the table and she's he's like, No, that you didn't say that you were the dude. And she's like, Oh, that's right. Yeah. Shit. Uh okay. No, I could I could solve this. I'm doing uh, a Victor Victoria. I this is I this is for a, this is for a play. It's in the park. <laughs> I remember telling you about this. He's like, oh, maybe you oh, did. All right, <laughs> you're always talking about something. <laughs> She's like, yes, you always forget. <laughs> and see, she could have spun out of this, but instead, Andrew stomps off in a huff. Uh, but the clothes belong to Tess's boss, yeah, Ed Duggan from the head of the network. You know that that guy. Later on, however, Brad comes out of the bathroom and he's getting dressed and she says, hey, lover, what do you want to what do you want to do? And he says, um, hey, this has been great. Yeah. You, you know, you are a you're you wonderful. Are, you're a great gal. I want to say this right now. I'm going to say this right up front. I had a great time and you're a great person. But um, when we uh, when you go back to D.C., uh, how about we just keep things professional? Right. Now which, that I've gotten what I want, <laughs> which is just I keep this in mind when he gives her this this explanation when we get to the end of this. Tess, meanwhile, goes back to D.C. is in D.C., decides to bum rush the limo as it's at the gates of the Peruvian embassy, which I would assume would get you shot. You get, right? Yeah, that's what I was. I was because she bum rushes the limo, bangs on the window. The guy rolls it down and is like. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So and I'm like Seinfeld's van. Seinfeld's van. <laughs> and I'm like, um, what is the driver doing? He's just like, eh, whatever. Yes. And also, like the the embassy is considered like that is like the country's yes property. She, is, she has invaded Peru. Yes. That that could be cause an issue. But the guy who's in the car, Mario is more than willing to listen and, and figure out because she basically says here's what here's what i think's happening i think you're a go between between the peruvian guerrillas the peruvian government and the united states government to get henry dodd out of captivity 
why don't you tell me what's going on and then we can figure something out you know uh which it seems that she's absolutely correct she then later goes on to talk to the press secretary at the white house to say i figured it out so what you can do is you can either confirm it or i'm going to run the story anyway and then you confirm it so yes you tell me what you want to do she goes back to her office only to get a phone call from it's the president. The president. <laughs> it's finally it actually happened in I the have movie. To take this. It's, it's, it's the, the president. president. Meanwhile, Melody is in the office and decides to go over like an office over. And apparently the entire phone system works like a landline in a house where it's like, hang up. I got it. <laughs> I, got, I got it. Hang up. <laughs> she's able to pick up a different receiver and listen in on the conversation between Tess and the president. Tess reveals uh, later, uh, to, at least to the president, we don't hear the president's voice, but it turns out that this is all top secret, high level stuff. And, she, and the president basically implies to Tess that if you run the story, you run the risk of imploding. Get the that guy killed. Yeah, that guy's going to die in the process. And she's like, oh, I'll kill the story. Which at the same, in my mind, I'm like, Fourth estate, buddy. Fourth estate. That's right. It's like, well, no, you cut a deal like in the president's plane is missing to say, like, here's the fucking deal. I'll keep quiet. But you owe me like minute one that we get the exclusive exclusivity on this and don't fuck me on this. Yeah. But instead, she's like, I'll kill the story. It's like, all right. No. How dogged are you? Because another uh, I feel like that was that would be different, which it turns out it is because after telling the president she'll kill the story, Melody, on the other hand, decides to pen a copy of like a, a, a summary of this story, but yeah. in Spanish to send to the Peruvian newspaper newspaper. But to top it off, she puts Tess's byline on it as opposed to her own. Mi nombre es Tess. She sends it along via fax. Which then, a little later, prompts the press secretary to pop into the office and yell at Tess to say, hey, you're going to get this guy fucking killed uh, by leaking this stuff to the Peruvian newspaper, you dickhead. Yeah, and we had a says, deal. Well, what the fuck? I did no such thing. Which uh, I would also be saying, it's like, when have you seen me speak a word of Spanish? How the fuck would they know what I was talking about? Yeah. Which I feel like this is all, like, it's weird that she put it in Spanish. This, this all feels weird little forest and weird yeah whatever but tess comes up with an idea right on the fly she says here's the deal i know the peruvian newspaper is published in the afternoon it is not a morning newspaper it's an afternoon newspaper because they're lazy see i wasn't gonna say that but that's what <laughs> i feel like that was her implication What's the implication she says why don't we because Basically, the press secretary says, if this story comes out, the whole reason they wanted the Peruvian president to make this call is to show that he actually has power. But if the press breaks at first, he makes him look weak. It could torpedo the whole thing. They could kill Henry Dodd. They say, she says, here's what we'll do. We will let him go live on CNS. We'll let the Peruvian president make the announcement now, and then we can do the deal. Let's just do it now as opposed to waiting and we'll get ahead of the story. It's going to be printed, printed in the Peruvian newspaper. Yes. Dodd says, Tess, you magnificent son of a bitch. You've done it. They then go to a live shot showing the, the White House press room 
Uh, and then the press, the Peruvian president makes the big announcement that says we've come to a deal with the Peruvian guerrillas. We're going to release the hostages. Everybody's happy. Yay. Yay. Except for Melody, who uh, appears that uh, her entire plan has just been foiled again because she was it. trying to get the one link to her story killed. <laughs> <laughs> they are then told, Tess and Melody are told, well, CNS wants you to meet them want you to go to the airport with the president of the network to meet Henry as he comes off the plane. It'll make a big deal. Uh, and this is going to blow up on Melody's face. So she feels like she's going to be sick, but Tess goes to the airport anyway. But while she's at the airport, she is told that she's actually getting the anchor chair. Congratulations. You did it. Everybody wins. We all are very excited for you, but she can't do it because in her heart, she misses Peter. Yeah. She decides I can't do it. And she runs off because she needs to still meet Peter at the airport because he's going to Spain. Yes, at a different gate. She runs off to that gate. But when she gets there, oh, my God, the doors are closed. She's missed the flight. It's too late. But it turns out. She dies alone. That's right. She says, I guess I'll take this stupid million dollar job. Job. But. She, but actually, let me back up before she leaves. She bumps into Melody and she's like, I knew you did me dirty. You fucked with you, fuck with the wrong lady, my friend. <laughs> and I, I, I told you I was gonna kill you, and yeah. I killed you. In I fucking Game of Thrones, you. <laughs> you either win or you die. She says, You did this, you did this to me. I knew it was you. She kisses her on the cheek, yes. you broke my heart. And she says, and Tess says, uh, uh, well, Melody says, why don't we keep this? Everything turned out for the better. Everything you got, the <laughs> right? you got the job. Right? We were all friends. Everything's fine. You got a job. I look cool. Cheated on your son uh, and tried to sleep my way to the top and, and got pretty far actually. And then like in mine sweep in <laughs> ski free, ski free. I didn't, I, um, I didn't get past the Yeti either, but I don't think I deleted, can. I deleted all your save files for Sam and Max hit the road. It's like, Oh my God. You I just got to bump us. Phil, you bitch. monster, you bitch. Uh, she, she says, why don't you just keep this quiet? Cause it could ruin my career. And Tess says, well, meeting your uncle in a minute, it's probably going to do that. So bon voyage. She then runs off to try and stop Peter from getting on the plane to going to Spain. Doors have been closed. The plane takes off, but it doesn't matter. Cause Peter didn't board either. He says it wouldn't have been the same without you. Yeah. Um, I love which, you. It's like, okay, but still, what if she hadn't shown up? You'd have been like, huh? <laughs> That's there's 900 bucks. Huh. I'm not getting back. Yeah. Now I don't even get to go to Spain. <laughs> Tess says, uh, or Peter says, well, I figured out, you know, writing can take place anywhere. Maybe I can move to DC. Awful cesspool that it is. And right That's here long. instead, which means that Tess actually can take the job. Yes. As the anchor person. And she says, I'll take it for a year or so. And, Eh, it's a little wishy-washy so she doesn't have to make any she doesn't get to she doesn't have to change at all everything changed around her completely yeah she was going to but everything worked out that she doesn't have to change which is good and that's the end of her wicked ways mark isn't the villain of this brad duggan 
the the head of the place? Yes. That it's like it, it's like he brings up the subordinate to and the reason it seems like the only reason that they did this is because uh uh he was I don't know I don't know if the implication is that Heather Locklear seduces him, but I don't I mean either it way. Doesn't, it doesn't is... matter, it's gross. And it's transactional. Yes. That it's like she's getting something from him, he's getting something from her. But then at the end of it all He's like, she, by the she, way. Yeah, she no. cheats she cheats on Andrew. Then he comes in and he's like, Bye, this was great, but fuck you. Presumably he's married as well. Like he's having a tryst on the side. Yeah. Cast her aside. But like again, that is a subordinate, like that and then nothing no there's no comeuppance there it's it's like I, like everything comes back on heather locklear to be like all of your lies are going to be revealed oh no but then brad duggan just gets to clap his hands and walk away to be like oh what a bad yeah. seed i mean i mean would it have been more interesting if she had broken a story involving brad duggan's like abuse of power like yeah probably but that's not really what the movie's about no, also, but like, it but it makes like this... but it puts it on her that she is the master of her domain and is like with Andrew, it's like she's obviously using Andrew to get at Tess. And that's yeah. the only reason she starts going after him. So he's naive in this regard. And so he's absolved a little bit of doing any harm well, because he of Heather Locklear. Likes her. Yes. Meanwhile, she's also going after uh, Brad Duggan, but Brad Duggan is just using her for sex and then casts her aside, but gives her preferential treatment regardless. But it's like, it's still a boss that's lording power over a sport. Like there's that yeah. kind of thing. But it, when we walk away from the end of this, it's just like, what a Jezebel that lady was. <laughs> Which using, using what you got you doesn't know. necessarily sit right with me. I don't know. I thought this movie was okay. I thought yeah. Barbara Eden was good in it. I thought Heather Locklear was good in it for what they had in front of them. But I was kind of hoping for it to be a li- like her plan sucks. Well, <laughs> that's, she, that's what it boils was, down to. She was counting on that guy getting killed. Like she did not think what happens if he gets released. Right. So she must, so she saw, like, I don't know how you plant the seeds to get at this, where it's like you meet Brad at like an affiliates meeting and then know that Henry Dodd, because it's so fast, like, how quickly did she get to lie to say that like Henry Dodd got captured? So she would have had to formulate this in hours to get Brad's ear to then get promoted to the national stage at CNS to then get put on. Tess's doorstep like yeah. there's a lot of things that have to line up or is this a con she's been pulling the entire time like um you think she had H. Dodd fish and chips kidnapped <laughs> no Ooh. okay okay now hold on oh. a second now that that's that's an interesting <laughs> plot that that could be something but no like um who is it there's some famous story of like a the daughter of like a silent film star that or no no uh uh buckwheat from uh uh the little little rascals that there's a famous story that a man claimed to be 
the actor from the R Gang series and 60 minutes. No, this is an actual thing. Like 60 minutes ran a story in the 80s that was like, what's this guy up to? Yeah. And it turns out complete fabrication. <laughs> the guy lied like up and down about it, uh, which that's great. So is, like, it, is it something that, like that? That dog is still alive. <laughs> I, I know him. He's he lives with me. He's he's behind on rent. Uh, is it 60 minutes? I think it's 60 minutes. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, yes, it was uh, a, a supermarket bagger fooled a new show into thinking that he was buckwheat. <laughs> and uh a bunch of other people came out of the woodwork and be like, no, that guy died. Like, he's dead. <laughs> Do your research. Uh, that's great. So is this is this that kind of circumstance where, like, she just didn't expect anyone to do any fact-checking? Yeah. Why would you go to the organization <laughs> where he that works. employs that man and not expect somebody to be like... It'd be like, Mark, imagine if you... Uh, were like somebody came into Big Brother and they're like, "That's right, I'm Mark Gonzalez's son," and like, <laughs> you would think, oh, oh boy, oh god, oh, god. okay, <laughs> uh, I knew uh, this day was coming. Was Here we go. All right, all right, uh, cats in the cradle and the silver spoon. <laughs> no, she would be better off. Like you're better off saying, "I'm Walter Cronkite's niece." So hire me, Fox News. Yes, and or like, all pick right, somebody that you know is. Them pick somebody that you know is dead like it would be better off if they it it would be, it would have been different if it in like if the peruvian government had announced that he had died yeah. and then she came in and said she was his niece and then it turns out no he's not dead and now A we're trying to journalist is dead yes yes now we're trying to figure out how to get him out of uh captivity and now she's like oh fuck my cover story is going to get blown uh it's just for as good as she's supposed to be a lying not very good at it maybe this is armchair armchair lie quarterbacking <laughs> is what i like to do is i like to i like to, people like to analyze the day after the game big game i like to analyze when people lie because you know well, i just like to well now, andrew i think it's just that you and i have lied at work so many times so we're like what are you doing don't lie, say well, you're in the parking garage they can tell lied about ourselves lied about yeah. like our careers and our lives so much that it's like <laughs> Uh, yes, it's it's like come on, you don't want to ask a lot of questions. It's a too prominent of a name. Like you got to pick somebody who's dead and that you know no one's going to be able to come and find you. Yeah, I had a quibby, but uh, you know, <laughs> got canceled. So Ex what are you exactly, do? exactly. There were so many in the pipeline. Nobody's going to go and investigate that. Yeah, they'll never know that I didn't have a quibby. <laughs> See, that's that's what you should do. That's what we should do. We should just tell we people tell, we, had, we, we should, should tell, tell people, people that, we had a Quibi in development. That we got should tell people canned. that there was going to be a best uh, or, or a TV movie night Quibi. That's right. It would be these ten minute hot shots of us just like goofing and gabbing about a made for TV movie. It was in development, and we were about to shoot the first, the first episode, and then Quibi got canceled. And I don't know where we're going to put it. We're yeah. trying to shop it around, but I don't know what's going to happen to it. Uh, that sounds reasonable. <laughs> we just prime's been sniffing around. We just need a name to attach to it. Who did we have attached? Um, Wayne Brady. Yes, Wayne Brady was good. He's a big TV movie night fan for them. some reason. It's crazy. Uh, but he he want he was pushing for us, and he was going to sing the theme song. Yeah, it was going to be big. So uh, everyone, ladies and gentlemen, if, listeners, if you want to start spreading that lie around, I'd appreciate <laughs> that. 
<laughs> that would help us. Tell like if you like suggest the podcast to people, and then you're like, these guys were gonna have a quibby, but it got canceled. <laughs> that would be that would be cool. That'd be fine. Uh, Mark, would you recommend this film to somebody? Anybody? Uh, probably not. It's mm-hmm. you could skip it. It's okay, but it's not worth seeking out. No, it's um, it's fine if you got ninety minutes to kill. I th- I thought it was slow. Here's the thing. I wish there was more, a little bit more dramatic. It's more realistic in that, like, it isn't going to take a turn where it's like she cooks a rabbit or something like that. Yeah, nobody gets killed. But, uh, like, I, I kind of wish somebody, like, I kind of wish the people at Lifetime had taken the reins on this one <laughs> and just veered it into just complete insanity. Where, well, yeah, you've got a perfectly fine first act. If you take the entire movie and compress it down for Lifetime, like, this whole movie would be the first act. Right. It gets to that point and then she gaslights Tess the entire time yeah. and then dresses like a bride on the side of the road. <laughs> and then the giant son is like accidentally steps on his mom. Yeah. Great. This is good. All right. Okay. All right. Let me let me write this down here. All giant son. Giant, giant, giant embarrassing son <laughs> this fall on lifetime. Mark, that's going to do it for this episode of TV Movie Night, but we look forward to another 1991 film. Uh, next week, speaking of Large Adult Sons, we have uh, the, the, the original Large Adult Son from 1991. Uh, we are going to take a look at... <coughs> we are going to take a look at Fox's Frankenstein, colon... The College Years. Heinrich's research grant is coming up for review. I need a progress report for the committee to make sure those funds stay here. We've searched high and low here in Lip's office and haven't come up with so much as a doodle about what he's been working on lately. Now, you were his assistant. What was he closing in on? Oh, you know, Lip. You know, transplants without rejection, revolutionizing medicine, the usual stuff. The usual stuff? How eloquent. Come on now, here I mean the specifics. He was on to something. What was it? Beats me. Oh, we may get to that. Honestly, he kept this one to himself? Lips dead. Dean Murch is picking a new department chairman, and it's going to be me, and I'm going to get that grant, and you're going to help me do it. I want everything you've got on my desk tomorrow. You work for me now. Do I get my own parking spot? You get to graduate. Maybe. Won't Mommy be proud? Professor Lohman. What? You know, there's new hope for hemorrhoid sufferers. Andrew, the only question is, does, did Fox in 1991 have the money to license Louie Louie? Do we hear Louie Louie in this movie? Uh, I have, I have some news for you (laughs) based on what I've seen. Uh, and it's good. (laughs) It's real good. (laughs) Uh, that's for next time from 1991. It's Fox's Frankenstein, the college year starring Larry Miller. Um, <laughs> from, um, uh, what, what was the TV show that he was on? Was he, was he on the Gary Sandling show? Uh, it, it's, it's the Gary Sandling show. I think, yes, wasn't he? He always shows up at stuff like, uh, um, like action what was it yeah that's a jay moore show right yeah yeah uh he's in a lot of stuff uh larry larry miller right not larry charles larry charles is the director larry miller uh also starring uh peter brady from the brady bunch movies 
for us. Yeah. All right. <laughs> if you want to listen to that, tune in next time. But if you want to listen to past episodes, you can always do that by going to soundcloud.com forward slash TV movie night podcast. You can subscribe to us on Spotify. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review there. Helps us out with the old algorithm. You can subscribe to us on Stitcher. Stitcher. Stitcher, which allows you to stream podcasts directly to your smartphone. You can uh, email us at TV movie night podcast at gmail.com or you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash TV movie night. Again, all that information and more soundcloud.com forward slash TV movie night podcast. Mark, is there anything else? Andrew, people have been wondering how did we get that Quibi deal? Here's the answer Mark's Jiffy Pop, uh, or what is it? Jenny O. Uh, Blue box cornbread. Just tell him you made it. Oh, <laughs> we just sent a bunch of biscuits around, and we got a quibby. Yeah, oh. that's how we got a quibby. Oh man, that's yeah. I could. I think that's how they made that Reno 911 reboot. Now that I'm thinking about it. Probably. <laughs> <laughs>